HealthWise. This is Thomas Coyer. And this is Sarah Kane. And we'd like to welcome you to the HealthWise Report, the audio edition. Episode 29. Number 1. Engage. Well, I'd like to begin by talking about what I think is a fairly humorous case that's been covered by the mainstream media. Reuters, especially, has been covering this. And that's the fact that Merck, the big pharmaceutical giant, created its own new drug. The drug was a combination of extended-release niacin and an experimental statin drug, that is, for hearts. At the same time? Like, in the same drug? Yes, it was a big combination drug. Okay, what was it supposed to do? Well, it was supposed to give you the benefits of niacin, that is, the benefits to the heart, Mm -hmm. without causing the face to flush. What's important to realize is that extended-release niacin, the type that we've always recommended against because it causes hallucinations... It'll mess you up. And it doesn't help with heart problems. Yeah, it doesn't provide the benefits, but it does have side effects. Yeah. It's like the worst of both worlds. That's the niacin that they use, which, by the way, because it doesn't cause this facial flushing, it doesn't work. It's not going to help because it's not widening the blood vessels, which is why you you even get the flushing. Yeah, you get more blood to the outer tissues because the vessels are opening up. Exactly. It's known for having a cleansing effect, too. Yeah. Well, they combine niacin with a statin drug which are some of the most horrific drugs for overall health. They worsen heart disease. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's proven. Yeah, it's you take the cholesterol over. drugs, and then you weaken your heart. Well, die of the heart attack that it was supposed to prevent. Yeah. That's really too much for us to go into here, of course. It's like that with all the different drugs, the diabetes drugs, like mm-hmm. the new... They destroy the pancreas, so... So you're forced to take their drugs You're forever. on the treadmill forever, aren't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Well, this new drug, which they named Tridaptive... And there's trials failed to prevent any heart attacks, failed to prevent strokes, death, anything that was related to heart disease. What it did do was it caused this partial paralysis, this muscle weakness, especially in Asian patients, so much so that a quarter of the patients dropped out of the study. They quit? They quit. Even though they were being paid to continue in the study and get the free treatment, they quit. Exactly. 25%? Yeah. And... What's incredible about this, you know, you have these dangerous drugs all the time and they fail in the studies. What's incredible is that they blamed the niacin for the paralysis. Wait a minute, isn't it like a B vitamin? Exactly. Th- that's in your food that for the last 10,000 years hasn't had any adverse effects? Yes. But their niacin drug caused this to happen and so it's niacin's fault. Exactly. They seem absolutely sure that it's caused by the niacin. Because it wouldn't be their drug. It would be the niacin, right? I mean, that it couldn't be their can, drug. That way they can keep using this statin drug elsewhere. They'll use it for something else in a new formulation, won't they? Yeah. Now, this drug was already being used throughout some countries in Europe. This trial was only done to try and get approval in the United States. <laughs> so they had to try and recall it from all these other different countries. Why did they recall it from the other countries? Because it had been now published that it, it caused these effects. It caused paralysis. And it didn't work. Oh, so their regulatory agency said, "Uh uh-uh, right? Yeah. And a researcher at the Albany Medical College in New York said, I continue to be baffled as to how the investigators can be so certain this is niacin-related. We cannot simply, in my opinion, implicate one component of a combination drug over the other component. 
Well, especially when one of the components is a vitamin that they're trying to blame. Exactly. It's in the body constantly. You constantly have to have it. Your body wouldn't function without niacin. By the very fact that they altered the niacin to cause it not to flush, which is its natural reaction in the body when you get enough of it, shows that it's been altered. It's not really niacin anymore. No, it's just a pharmaceutical. And that's the thing. They can't patent just niacin. That's why mm-hmm. they have to combine it with some of the drug to create the special well, formula well, in the first place. In fact, it had to be altered. Or yes. you would have had the flushing. Mm-hmm. You would have also had the benefits, too, though, of course, with the flushing. Yeah. If you take it regularly, like every day, a person stops flushing. It still is beneficial. For anyone out there that wants to know more about niacin and this flushing effect and what it can do for you, I think we actually have an article on niacin, don't yep, we? Yeah, we do. We have an entire article about it and its yep. effects. And, of course, on this related topic, they can also read about heart disease in our Big One article. It's called The Big One. They can look for that. But they should have a cup of coffee ready because it's going to be a very long read. But it's worth it. It's well written, I think. It is. People need to realize that, contrary to what is pushed by the media, cancer isn't the number one cause of death. It's heart disease. Mm-hmm. It's heart attacks. And you hear about these people that they have high blood pressure and they have all these different problems, and they're interconnected. We've discussed mm-hmm. that in our article. We discussed all these things, the atrial fibrillations, these things that you just hear about people talking about and the drugs that they're taking, the experiments they're mm-hmm. taking, it's not necessary. There's one piece of equipment, I think it was the EKG, I think. might have been some other heart monitor device, but I remember reading about it, and it was first introduced by a whiz kid at Harvard way back, I think it was like in the 30s or 40s or something. I wish I had the data in front of me so I could be specific here. When it was first introduced, the American diet was much different. The food was all natural, mostly organic and lots of butter in the diet. Remember how dangerous butter supposedly is. Yeah. Heart disease was so rare, serious chronic heart disease was so rare that his colleagues at Harvard laughed at the dude because he had made a machine that was essentially useless in real medicine because you didn't have patients with chronic heart disease problems and arterial problems that required monitoring for decades the rest of their life. Yeah. It just didn't happen back then. I think we wrote the specifics about this, in fact, in our article. It's probably in the heart disease article. But, of course, everyone got healthy by removing butter from the diet and replacing it with these god-awful artificial fats that are made by the chemical industry because that was safer and healthier, of course. Now, heart disease is rampant. It's the number one killer. Everybody's got it. Well, heck, people have been afraid of eggs on and off you know, for the past because few decades. Because this industry... Contains saturated it's, it's kind of like the cancer industry. The more people get sick, the more money rolls into the industry, the more they want to maintain the status quo and keep profits up. Yeah. I'm not saying all doctors are evil, and they're not. There are doctors out there that are trying to do the right thing, but the people at the top making the policies, they're evil. They have to know. I've got something else I want to talk about. Well, sure. Run with it, Sarah. All right. A lot of people... In our movement, and by our I mean both the alternative movement and the so-called truther movement, as it's been named, generally get into buying these survival kits like dehydrated foods or freeze-dried foods, Mm -hmm. so that in some sort of disaster scenario, whether it be a hurricane or martial law or anything else... A flood. Yeah. Big fire that causes an evacuation, That people have food. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not such a bad idea. But I looked at some of these, especially the big brand names, and I'm going to go ahead and name one. One of them is called eFoods Direct, mm-hmm. and it's one of the really big ones that's pushed everywhere, especially at the sorts of sites. Yeah, they're all over Prison Planet, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, most of them are vegetarian. And <laughs> in... <laughs> all right. Which is incredible. In a survival situation where you just need to stay alive, you're in high stress, You've got different temperature extremes, perhaps. You need the fats and the proteins more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Frankly, you can live without vegetables for a while. You can't live without these building blocks, the proteins and the fats. They're Mm -hmm. what keep you warm, for instance. Yeah, it's like if you go without the vegetables for a while, you get migraine headaches, perhaps, and etc. You go without the meats, you start having like pneumonia and organ failure and stuff. I mean, if I had to choose between the two, Sarah, I think I know which way I would go. Exactly. The fact of the matter is that a vegetarian diet, and especially a vegan diet, were not even possible a century or two ago, because you have to take these different supplements just to make it possible. 
What happens during your disaster? When your food's cut off, you're trying to survive off your vegetarian or vegan meals that have been dehydrated. And your supply to your supplements and your soy have been cut off. Yeah. What do you do then? Exactly. You have to find another source of food. And if you're going to end up having to find another source of food, then what exactly is the point in getting these What is kids? the point? Yeah, so exactly what is the point if you're going to have to go hunting for your food anyway? Yeah, exactly. You're better off buying a good shotgun and stocking up on shotgun shells for that emergency so you can go out and get a deer or whatever else you need to shoot. It's a total scam, and people are wasting, I think, in many cases, thousands of dollars mm-hmm. on these kits, which in theory are a good idea, but in practice, if they're vegan or vegetarian, and they're not, not all of them, they won't be able to help you. You'll, it's, you'll it's, starve if that's what you've like, got. It's kind of like, I'm hungry now, but at least I've got my high-priced dehydrated salad. Yeah. Yay for me, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of moronic. We don't want to be mean, but it's really moronic. Yeah. And in most of these cases of, for instance, dehydrating, you will lose some nutrition. Despite what the companies say, mm-hmm. it's not going to have the same nutrition that it did when it was fresh. That's just reality. Mm-hmm. And so you want to get something that's going to give you the very building blocks that you need to survive for a week or two weeks or however long it is. And your top priority in a survival situation is always protein. Exactly. It's so simple. You ask somebody who's had the military training or survivalist training, you can go to somebody that's been in the Boy Scouts who is lucky enough not to be in one of these feminized troops now. Yeah. They'll tell you that's your top priority. It's meat. If you're dying in starvation, you don't start scoping out and scouting out the land for corn. No, it's suicide. It would be suicide, yes. Anyway, I just thought that people ought to really know that, because they are really popular in our movement, but so many of them. I think probably at least 80% of them are vegan or vegetarian or in some way reduced calorie, and that's not what you want. You want the opposite. Diet food for your survival starvation situation. Exactly. Calories convert into energy. It's just the way it is, and you're going to need that if you're out in the cold. In the very least. If you're trying to survive like that for a week or more, you're going to end up with something like pneumonia. I mean, in the very least. Yeah. Especially if you have kids that you're trying to keep up on this, too. Some people out there listening who have been vegan, vegetarian, and so forth are probably saying, well, I'll just keep the supplements I need, too. But if you're thinking that way, you're missing a very important point that Sarah tried to make. You may be able to get by with your supplements and your vegetarian stuff for a while, but... In a high-stress situation where you'll be emotionally stressed, mentally stressed, physically stressed, your immune system will be stressed, no telling what you'll be up against, no telling how much sleep you'll get, a vegetarian diet is just not going to work out for you. You may have a hard time making it on a high-protein diet, but certainly the vegetarian diet is out of the question. If you try it, you are a fool. Buy something that's actually going to be useful to you. Yeah, that you could actually live off of. If that crisis actually occurs. And stop supporting these fraudulent food companies that will sell you vegetables for your crisis. Yeah. They have to know better. If they're a food company, they've got to know at least a little bit about nutrition. They've got to know what they're doing. What I don't understand, Sarah, is how they can get away with it. I can't imagine somebody being dumb enough to buy vegetarian meals for their crisis. It defies common sense, doesn't it? Not necessarily, because a lot of these companies aren't straightforward. For instance... They'll have the chicken-flavored something. Okay. But it's soy-based. It's not really chicken. It's not really chicken. They'll have a symbol down there at the bottom somewhere. It says vegetarian with this little check little box. little tiny star and all this stuff. And if you read through the ingredients, which most people don't, they trust these companies. I mean, mm-hmm. they get their food from them. They don't read the ingredients, but you'll have to read that, and you'll read it, and you'll say the main ingredient is soy or something like that. So it's total deception that's going on. Intentional, yes, I would say. Okay. So how does this actually benefit the company doing this? From a business perspective, to me, it sounds like a bad idea. It does sound like a bad idea, but I don't know if that's just cheaper for them. Frankly, I don't know. It is. It is cheaper. That could be it, Sarah. And carbohydrates are certainly much cheaper than meats. It's one of the many reasons why these pet food companies are putting vegetables in pet foods now, because it's more expensive to buy the meat. In the cat and dog case, which is usually what the pet food is for, These are animals that don't eat vegetables in their native environment. They're not supposed to. Their digestive systems are not designed for it. They get practically no nutrition from eating vegetables. In some cases, some vegetables are actually toxic to them. Yeah. And yet they put it in the pet foods because it's cheaper. And what's really gone is they advertise it on the package 
as a benefit. Yes, like it's this full, well-rounded diet. But it's so healthy, it's balanced, just like the food pyramid. Yes, it's like they try and, inten- well, they do intentionally deceive their customers by making them think that a diet that's ideal for a dog is the same as that which is ideal for a human. And it works, apparently, Sarah, because people are actually buying it. It's incredible. It's like they're bragging that grain is the main ingredient. In some cases, or rice. Well, they've been doing the rice thing for, I think, decades, you know, trying to dilute the protein down with rice and so forth. But now they're putting everything. I mean, peas and carrots and corn and everything else. Yes. The sky's the limit now. It's whole grain, Thomas. It's whole grain. (laughs) (laughs) Like the the whole grain's going to be healthier for the dog than the regular grain because, you know, dogs are grain eaters, right? I mean, that's what... They see them out in the fields, right? Out in the fields, stealing all the grain up. Been a problem for farmers for generations, haven't they? The uh, wheat farmers? Yeah. Whilst we're on dog and cat food, dog treats are awful because a large portion of them are irradiated. Yeah. And there's a symbol that looks like two leaves or a plant at the bottom of this pet food, and underneath it it says something to the effect of, this has been treated by irradiation. Yeah, and that super fine font that you need like a microscope to read. The symbol is made to look like it's for organic food or something, that it's like a health symbol with a little fresh-looking organic plant with the sun above it to give you warm fuzzies. Mm -hmm. I wonder if part of it is to try and get the public to feel more comfortable with the topic of irradiation. I don't know, but from what I've seen, the health of pets in the U.S. has just gotten terrible. I mean, it's like worse than ours now. You know, the, the population. <laughs> yeah. The pets are dying strange ailments all over the place now. Well, there's been something that's been inside of dog treats allegedly for about a year that's killing off dogs. Nobody knows why, except for it's only in the stuff that comes from China. How about that? I have a personal theory that perhaps it's the irradiation that's causing the problem. Mm-hmm. They don't usually do irradiation here. Well, with the Chinese, you never, you never really know, do you? No, you don't. And you can't just do a general toxin test. It doesn't really work like Unless that. You, you know have what to know lo- what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you're looking for to test for it. And it could be anything. You never know with the Chinese. You never know. I don't know if you've been paying attention, Sarah, but we put our torrents all over the place for like our audio shows and other media. Yeah. So people can get them through the torrent system if they don't want to download them from us or what have you. Of course, it'll be much faster from the torrent system. It always is. We use the site Mininova. I was looking at our demographics over there, and Sarah, you're never going to guess who we're popular with now. Um, I don't know. We've been popular with the Canadians for a while. No, they're not our top group, nor are they Australians. Any other guesses? The UK? No. No, it's the Russian Federation. They are our top downloaders. They're downloading about three to four downloads per everyone else in the entire world, followed by China and Mexico. That now, is interesting. You find that interesting, too? Yeah, particularly after our recent talks about those countries and communism. Yeah. Here's what's rich, Sarah. We're not really rising amongst our own people like I'd like to. We are growing. We're always growing, but, of course, I'm not satisfied. I'm very satisfied with what we have in the Russian Federation, because (laughs) our numbers are freaking huge. And there's something that can be read into that. We've been talking about these communist people, these... Godforsaken countries? These second and third world countries that have been rampant with communism, which is probably the reason why they're second and third world countries. Mm -hmm. And now they've taken a big interest in us, because they know what we're saying is true. They know we're a threat. But our own people... Our very own people who are having their lives, their country, their way of life pulled out from underneath them, they're not listening. They're not taking the problem seriously. Our enemies over there are taking it seriously. They're paying attention, and they're tuning in because they know. They know that they should pay attention to people like us who are trying to get the word out. And I'm sure they'll all be happy to hear that, by the way the numbers are breaking down now, it's obvious they're winning because our own people aren't listening. Our security is really good. I can only imagine the attacks coming in now from the Russian Federation and China. Attacks from China have been coming in to a lot of news organizations. In mm-hmm. fact, that has now been admitted by like the White House. I was reading over ABC News that Obama essentially was forced to admit a statement after all these different press organizations have been petitioning over the attacks that they've had from China. And they've admitted that not only are these from China, that some of them are state-sponsored meaning the actual Chinese government is organizing 
industrial attacks against the United States using the Internet. Yes. You know what we're going to do about that, right? Nothing. Nothing. Amazingly, the mm-hmm. U.S. National Intelligence Chief James Clapper said that cyber attacks could affect, quote, some poorly protected U.S. networks that control core functions, such as power generation, unquote. What I'm hearing here is that our own government is telling the Chinese what our weak points are that they should attack. This guy isn't just some random guy in the government, some random spokesperson. He's the intelligence chief. He knows exactly the way, you know, an enemy would think and how it would be perceived. The intelligence chief. Yes. Is telling the Chinese what our weak points are so that they can attack. Yes. That tells me that they want the attack. Exactly. I guess it would give them justification to police the internet at that point, wouldn't it, Sarah? And do even heavier monitoring. They'd have to, to protect us, you know, just like they have in the past with the Patriot Act. They had to Mm -hmm. introduce that to protect us. Well, it has to be. This has to be a setup. If our intelligence chief is publicly, not not even in private, but publicly telling the Chinese, well, you should hit us here, do the maximum damage. You could shut us down completely by cutting off our power. Yeah. Another thing is, why would our government have the control computers for our power grid accessible by the public internet? That is a good question. Wouldn't that be begging for it, too? Is it they've been setting it up and begging for it all this time and that nobody's biting, so they have to go public and say, look, China guys, attack this. This is what you should go for. We've been waiting all this time. You're not attacking it. Go ahead. It's yours. It would seem like that. Attack the power generation because we have some poorly protected U.S. networks. That's what he actually said. Mm -hmm. Tricks have been played like this to start wars with other countries. Like, for instance, before Pearl Harbor happened, the U.S. government taunted, threatened, and financially choked Japan. This is a taught in history in America because it makes us look bad. But there was a little spat between the U.S. and Japan at the time, and the American Navy set a blockade up around Japan to prevent shipments of petroleum in, to shut Japan down, to starve them out. After a while, the Japanese got a little angry about it, of course, because their people were suffering and their industry was shut down. Yeah. So the Japanese made it clear they were going to attack unless the blockade ended. It's also known, at the time the President of the United States was notified that the Japanese were going to attack Pearl Harbor and when the attack was going to happen. And instead of setting up defenses against that, the President ordered shore leave. He ordered that all the ships be brought into dock, tied off, and the sailors be given shore leave, so the ships would be left there virtually vacant, undefended, defenseless, when the attack occurred. So the 7th Fleet could be sunk, so the President could get the war that he wanted. If you do a little digging, it's there. It's documented now. Our government's been involved in all kinds of terrible things, but in the case of the Chinese, I don't think this is to start a war against the Chinese. This is to make everyone afraid of the Internet so that the government can rein in the Internet. The Chinese are a problem because our government wants them to be a problem. You see, the United States created the Internet. It was our, one of our military intelligence networks that was eventually released to the public. Mm-hmm. And if the United States wanted to, within minutes, and I mean within minutes that the order was given, China could be cut off the Internet. Just that simple. We could pull the plug on China so that they don't exist on the Internet anymore. But they've been looking for an excuse for a long time. In fact, Rockefeller spoke out about how he wished the Internet wasn't around anymore and actively supported one of the most recent bills on creating essentially a way for it to be shut down in the event of an emergency. A switch. Yes. Yeah, kill switch, I think it's been called. They've had that for the regular media for a long time. If you're an American, you're familiar with the alert system where they have the little thing on the TV and the radio where it goes, for like a minute. And he says, this is a test of the emergency alert system. Had this been an actual emergency, blah, 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 blah. The emergency alert system is a system to where the federal government can take over a channel, whether it be on the radio or the TV. In fact, when you hear one of these messages, one of these, this is the, you know, when that happens, that's an actual case of the federal government overriding that channel taking over. Yeah. And I'm sure they'd like to do the same with the Internet. And eventually they will. If we're not really vigilant, they will. For them, I'm sure they see the internet as an out-of-control medium. Yeah, it gives people like us a voice. They have control of all the other media, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the internet is becoming too powerful. I think that's what this is all about. In fact, they've had rolling blackouts all over the country. Like, this internet provider or that internet provider 
for one night at random intervals is just shut down. Where there are thousands or millions of people who lose their internet for a night. Well, this is not something that just happens. Internet providers don't just pull the plug on their entire customer base on all their networks. For something like that to happen, somebody has ordered it to happen. Well, often it occurs in all these different companies within a period of a short period of time. Like, for instance, like you'll a two-week like, period. You can say, yeah, you'll have like a week, and all these different companies yeah. all throughout the country will well, start having issues. That's just a coincidence, Sarah. You know that all these <laughs> providers are having blackouts. Yeah. Over a one or two-week period. One lesson that business people everywhere know is that if you want to start a business or sell something and make a lot of profit, you don't do it in a market that's already saturated with competition. It's just foolish. You're not going to make much. Mm -hmm. And that's a lesson that some of our peers in the health community have really taken to heart. And that's especially in regard to omega-3 oil. Yeah. Omega can be found everywhere. Supplements. Grocery stores, health food stores, online, just about everywhere. Some sources are better than others, of course, but whether you're getting it through fish or flaxseed, you see it everywhere. So some of our peers out there have decided to start selling an alternative to the normal supplements, which is krill. We've seen it at a lot of sites. We've even seen it at Mercola's, which I found kind of, well, sad. This is one of the few people we don't talk junk about. Not usually because Mercola seems to be one of the better people. It's kind of like a yo-yo. He does something really good, you know, do something, he'll make a mess up. Then you'll do something really good, then you'll mess up again. And the overall breadth of the situation, which you weigh it, is that he seems to be doing more good than harm, and he seems to be trying. It's all about weighing that balance, I guess. Everyone makes mistakes. With the stuff he was spewing about krill oil, I have to think that he's like blinded by the money or something in this case, because some of these claims are just ridiculous. Yeah, I read it too, and he frankly just has to know better. Mercola is not a dummy. He knows what he's doing. He's on our level of ability as far as getting stuff researched and his ability to convey to his audience. Yeah. Well, I think we should at least report some of the rationalizations that are given by these sellers and even by McCullough mm-hmm. because they're just ludicrous. All right. The main one is that due to overfishing, we're running out of fish, i.e. cod, which is the main source of fish oil. Mm-hmm. And so... We're running out of fish. Yeah, I know. It's like the old the, joke. The ocean. is We're going to run out of... There's not okay. enough fish in the sea. All right, go ahead. The incredible thing about that is that krill is a fish. So if we run out of fish... We run out of krill. All right, then. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that one, too. Krill is also a shellfish, which means that it eats algae, overwhelmingly. It's a bottom feeder. Yeah. Unlike the fish that's being used for fish oil supplements. Mm-hmm. Bottom feeders eating this algae... A bottom-feeding shellfish, that is. Yeah. Well, the main problem with those is that algae is pretty much always contaminated with all the different contaminants that are in the ocean. And I'm talking both heavy metals, the PCBs that have been in there. Oh my gosh, everything you can think of. And many of them mm-hmm. from their own bacterial toxins. Yes, yeah, some algaes produce their own internal toxins. Exactly, and they're eaten by these bottom feeders, Yeah. and then people eat those. Well, I mean, people know that you know there are certain inherent problems with eating shellfish. Yeah. It, sometimes it kills people, in fact. Well, another one of these rationalizations is that fish oil is bad because it's affected by the pollution in the water. Well, yeah, that's true. But aren't the krill in the water, too? The krill are in the water, and they're worse because, again, they're the They're the bottom-feeding shellfish. shellfish. Mm-hmm. The bottom-feeding shellfish, so they're like the worst of the worst. Exactly. They're worse in terms of pollution than anything. <laughs> they're like, they're kind of like mushrooms. Vampires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They suck up all the, well, stuff that you don't want. You should ne- certainly never eat them for health. We've always mm-hmm. recommended against shellfish. In fact, we did an article way back in the days of the magazine, we've published it on Healthwise since, mm-hmm. called God's Nutrition, where we talked about the old kosher food laws. And how they still apply, essentially, because if you follow the kosher food laws, you'll have really good health. And if you don't, you won't. It's taken like 2,000 years of science to finally prove that God knew what he was talking about all along. Yeah, and what the Bible says in this regard is that the fish that have fins and scales are okay to eat. And it's pretty much that simple. 
And there's a reason for that, isn't there, that we've found? Yeah. I mean, these fish that do have fins and scales, they have more of a digestive system. They can actually flush out the toxins. They have a full GI tract. They have, like, a liver, Mm -hmm. so forth, just like we do, to help expel toxins. Yeah, but just like in land animals, you should never eat the liver. Which is, interestingly enough, what they actually use for the fish oil. Yes. Do you recall, is that what they're doing with the krill, too? What are they using? I'm honestly not sure which organ they're using for krill or... Okay, it can't be good. I'm sure it's not. Plus, the problem, they don't even have a full digestive system, mm-hmm. like the bigger fish, like mm-hmm. the, you know, fins. Yeah, they don't fish. have to expel No, the they just hold it everywhere. The kind of toxins that would kill a regular fish if they had the same amount. Yeah. There are people, every year, that go to a seafood restaurant and they eat a lobster or some other bottom-feeding creature of the sea. <laughs> yeah. Little scum sucker. Yeah. And they'll get sick. Very sick. And that's as a result of these bacterial toxins, usually from algae, from the algae that they ate. And what happens is, this person will then go to the hospital, usually. They call it an allergy. They actually call it an allergy in a lot of cases. Yeah. And they'll tell the hospital what they ate, and then the hospital will respond based upon that knowledge, because there aren't any tests to say what is causing this person this sickness. They don't have tests for most of these toxins. Well, then how would you test the supplement? Exactly, that's my real point here, that you have no way to test a supplement, and most of these people who are taking it, let's say they do get sick in such an instance, they're not going to know to tell their ER physician mm-hmm. that, oh, I'm taking krill oil supplements, so I could have this. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, th- they'll never know, will they? No. And if you did tell the doctor, I'm not sure he would know either and get the association. No, they, they'd never guess, would they? They'd be like, oh, okay, you're taking a supplement. Uh, yeah. They'd move on if they're doing nothing, but trying to find what it is. People need to know that if they're going to supplement omega-3, you know, like take it in the capsule form instead of dietary, it should always be with flaxseed oil. They shouldn't be using fish. They certainly, definitely, never should be supplemented using creole or any other alternative source. If you're going to do it through taking an actual supplement peel, it should always be flax oil. There are reasons for that. This whole thing about omega-3, the knowledge about how important it is, how it fights with inflammation, how it balances the other omega oils, pretty much everything we know now stems from the work of Joanna Budwig, who came up with the anti-cancer protocol. The Budwig Protocol. The Budwig Protocol, of course, which is the most successful anti-cancer treatment. Maybe, in some cases, vitamin B17 would do more, depending. But B17 can be very dangerous, especially with people with cancers in the liver and kidneys and so forth. Yeah, whereas Budwig is never actually harmful itself. You can do Budwig risk-free, and it's very effective. Joanna found, out of all the oils in existence, flax provided the best source of omega-3. There's a lot of reasons. One is, it's a plant. There is no limit to omega from flax. Two, because it comes from a plant and is easily extracted, there is almost no risk of impurities. Yeah, like what you find in the ocean. Unlike what you find in the ocean, yes. And three, this is the biggie, the one that most people won't be able to guess. It's better to get your omega-3 from flax because it doesn't actually contain omega-3. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. This is what happens. The flax oil contains the precursors to omega-3. Mm-hmm. If you take it into your body, your body will produce its own omega-3. Some of you are probably thinking, what's the significance of that? Or, why would you want to put your body under that extra stress? Well, the reason is, because omega-3 is only good for you if you can get it in the right balance with omega-6 and omega-9. It's not how much you get. It's a matter of getting the right amount to balance out the 6 and 9. You see, all these different omega oils are supposed to be kept in the body in a certain ratio. And yet, in the standard Western diet, we have, like, the ratio is like 15 to 1 in favor of omega-6. When it should be, I can't remember, it was somewhere between 2 and 4 to 1. Exactly. So it is just way off. In some people, it's been reported that it's like 25 to 1. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, so their body is literally tearing itself apart with inflammation. Exactly. So the aim of supplementing with omega-3 is to, sh- should have been to correct that balance. To reestablish the correct balance of oil so the body can function as it was intended to so it can absorb oxygen at the rate it was intended to. Yeah, but if you, for instance, supplement with something like direct omega-3, like you might get from fish, fish oil, oil. Fish livers. <laughs> yeah. 
in those cases, you're just going to run the risk of creating a different imbalance, too you're, much you're, omega-3. You're, if you take much of it, you're virtually guaranteed to offset it, imbalancing in the other direction, to where you have excessive omega-3, which ultimately is just as bad for you as the too much omega-6. Yeah. It's all about getting this balance so, right. So when you supplement with flaxseed oil, your body will use it, and it's very easy for the body to generate it from that. Your body will produce exactly the amount of omega-3 that it needs and will get the perfect balance. That's what you want. Yeah. You don't want to upset the balance anymore. What we have here is a situation where you will be hurting yourself more with supplements if you don't take the right one. And flax is the only right one. It's the only one that easily allows your body to make exactly the amount that it needs. This is why flax was established with the Budwick Protocol. Because of this modern fad, people just think that omega-3 is good. They see it in the cereal package or something like that, and it has a big heart-healthy oh symbol. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's terrible. Or on a b- bottle of canola oil, worse still, they see the same symbol, which is despicable. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that you have to get this balance, and if you don't, if you just offset it with this fish oil, which is often rancid or even contains... It's almost always rancid. Yeah, and not only that, but also the processing of fish oil is extreme. That's why it's rancid. It often contains chemical solvents that are left behind from processing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. So, yeah. No doubt. But with flax, they just squeeze it and put it in the capsules. Yeah, you want to get cold-pressed flaxseed oil and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like it came from the plant. No changes. Mm-hmm. One thing that was discovered by Dr. Budwig was that our modern diets are very unnatural. One of the things that is very unnatural about them is they're so processed. Food is heated, coated with chemicals, and freeze-dried, and thrown into plastics that leach other chemicals, and you name it. But more significantly, what's even worse, is that foods are given various preservative stabilizers. They're hydrogenated to give them long shelf life. What this does is it makes the food very non-reactive. It doesn't react with oxygen, doesn't react with anything. It even kills the bacteria and fungus that gets on it. It's all about the long shelf life. The fats and foods, they're essentially destroyed. Yeah. These are what are needed for proper cellular respiration in the body. You need healthy, fresh, natural fats. Yeah. Well, if the cells can't breathe or respirate, as you're saying, that's when cancer is going to thrive. Is oh, it, yeah. I mean, this is also why her protocol is the best, because it It reverses that. Yeah, and this allows oxygen to get into the cells. What you need is a healthy, highly reactive fat. Fish oil is also omega. It's like pure omega, or it's got pure omega in it. Mm -hmm. Your body doesn't have to do anything with it. But because it's got such a high quantity of it, and it's already in its omega form, it's extremely reactive. It can't really be preserved. No matter what you do, it's bad. It's impossible for them to get it to you and it not be bad by the time it gets to you. It's rancid and carcinogenic. It'll do just the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Instead of oxygenating you better, it'll cause cellular suffocation. Flax, if kept in individual airtight capsules, and it's cold-pressed and so forth, it will not do that. It won't go bad. Yeah. It's great for people to get fish in their diet. Yes, yes it is. fish is a great food. One of the healthiest things that you can eat, mm-hmm. especially oh, if it's not a bottom feeder or a shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But by the time you get it in these capsules or delivered in a pack as just an oil... It's bad. Yeah. Also... You might as well be eating krill oil, right? <laughs> At that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When people look up flaxseed oil, some of you may come across websites which say, flaxseed isn't good because if you already have omega-3 in your system your body won't create anymore. But that's exactly what we're saying. That's the whole point. If you've got what you need, your body's not supposed to make more. Yeah, that's the whole point of creating balance. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, and you come across that with a lot of different supplements I have in my research. Yeah. Sorry, I I was just thinking about some of these idiots out there Mm -hmm. who just think that, well, if you just get as much as possible in you, you can ramrod it, force it into the body at increasingly ever higher levels. It is really insane. Well, it's a pattern that I've come across in my research, in not just this Mm. area, but in tryptophan and this sort of thing. But most supplements don't generally allow you to overdose with them if you're fairly careful. Mm -hmm. Like, tryptophan is just an amino acid, that's all it is. Well, you take it and it separates into what your body needs. Mm -hmm. And it directs it wherever that may be, if it needs more serotonin or some more lactic acid. Mm. Well, you can't put stress on the kidneys, Sarah, that's possible. Well, sure. Sometimes. Yeah. 
But my overall point is that, as a general rule, with a lot of the most natural and unprocessed things, your body has a way of creating and keeping a natural balance if you give it what it needs. Mm -hmm. I guess we can end this topic, Sarah, but I just want to make it emphatically clear to everyone. If you're going to supplement with omega supplements, and quite frankly, I recommend that you do, Mm -hmm. do it with flaxseed oil in individual light-resistant, air-resistant capsules because you want it to be kept pure and clean and anything that might make it go rancid. And it is your only source that's safe and effective. I think that everyone should read our Budwig Protocol article. And that's because, first of all, the main protocol where you mix the flaxseed oil with either cottage cheese or yogurt. McCork, as it was originally. Yeah. Well, that's great just for maintaining health. There's no reason to wait until you've got cancer oh, for yeah. that. Oh, yeah. You'll see a difference. Yeah. I mean, a quick difference. People with inflammatory issues like arthritis especially will notice a huge difference. We had one lady call us and tell us that she tried the Budwig protocol. In particular, she was trying the cottage cheese mixture or yogurt mixture with flax. Mm-hmm. It was working out pretty well for her family, but in her case, almost immediately, I think it was the first day, she started feeling a sharp pain in her chest. In theory, that shouldn't be possible because the mixture she was taking was very anti-inflammatory. Well, that left one option. Cancer. She had a tumor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She, that's why it hurt. But in a week it went away. Yeah. I guess there's something to be said for early detection, huh, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good stuff. It is. Well, it not only does the cancer thing, but it, it actually proves your cardiovascular health, helps your central nervous system, it's good for the brain. I mean, it's super stuff. It's something that we used to get plenty of back in the days when seafood was much more common in the diet. What's amazing is that when they try to extract the oils, whether it be from flax or fish or whatever, they have to be really careful to try not to get it to go rancid. Pretty much flax is the only case in which they're successful. Yeah. Yeah, But they go to great efforts. You can cook up a fish, and the natural oils in the fish stay intact enough to provide benefit. Mm Mm-hmm. Incredible when you think about it. Yeah. God must have known what he was doing. It's only when we start tampering that problems occur. I was just going to say, in cases of farm-raised fish, all the omega balances are completely crazy and off. Yeah. I think we harped on that on another show. I guess we can mention it really quickly, though. Yeah. It never hurts. If you're going to eat fish, get wild-caught fish. And and, don't get it from Chinese And not from China. (laughs) Because if it's from China, you don't know that it's really wild-caught, because they're not the most trustworthy people. Not exactly. When it comes to food safety and other safety issues? They're the ones that say that it's organic when it... What they mean is gourmet. It means nothing. But, yeah. (laughs) Organic is a marketing term that means delicious. Yes. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Delicious and profitable. (laughs) People pay pay more for it. Mm Mm-hmm. And Americans will pay lots more. Yeah, no doubt. Please check us out and read our reports at the HealthWise Report website. You can find us on the internet at healthwise.org. Take special note that WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We spell it W-Y-Z-E to emphasize wisdom. We are a not-for-profit organization, although we are not registered as a not-for-profit, non-profit, or any other classification with any governmental agency. Nevertheless, we are a non-profit organization, so we're always needing donors to help us to continue our work, whether it be the equipment for these radio shows, our website and network infrastructure, various fees for our movie productions, and of course, the occasional video game to help us maintain our sanity through it all. If you are someone who cannot donate, or who does not wish to, you can also support us by visiting our online store. That can also be found at healthwise.org, and again, WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We have to be careful about what claims we make about our products, including claims that can be verified, because we know of at least one governmental agency that would like to shut us down. We can tell you that in our opinion, our colloidal copper lotion has qualities that cannot be found in any other lotion sold, anywhere else. So, if you have joint or skin problems of any kind, we recommend that you check out our lotion. The HealthWise Report staff also offers hosting, networking, and technical support for anyone who wants to have their own website or assistance with internet technologies. Our technical skills place us among the best of the best. Thanks for listening to this. We'll get back to the show now. Well, Sarah, I think you've done a great job on this show taking the charge, taking the lead, and I'm more than happy just sitting back relaxing. Is there anything else you want to run with before I jump in? Oh, yeah, sure, actually. All right. We've talked before on this show 
about so-called Obamacare and about the ramifications that it will have on people's health, people's wallets. We've discussed this before, but I recently came across an opinion piece by someone who's actually in favor of Obamacare. Yeah, I, I remember this. Was this like Forbes or something? Yes. Okay. And it made it some important points. What this guy was saying was that there's a provision in the Obamacare law called the medical loss ratio. And what that would do, or will do, is require insurance companies, health insurance companies, to spend 80% of the consumer's premium dollars that they collect, or 85% for large group insurers, on actual medical care, rather than on marketing expenses or even profit. Let's just clarify that for everyone real quick. Mm -hmm. What you're saying here is that if the person goes with a private insurance company, which has been the traditional model here in the United States, that at the end of the year, that company has to either pay it all into the establishment, into medical bills, or most of it, or simply give the money back yes. and not keep profits. Yes, it is actually required to issue a rebate check, essentially, back to the customers if it didn't spend that 80 to 85% on actual medical care. Now, what that means is that no corporation will ever be able to survive. Because, well, that's not how insurance works. It works on the basis, you get this one person that's sick, and you've got four others who are healthy. So, you make a profit based upon the fact that these four that are healthy can essentially pay for the one that's sick. Mm-hmm. Give him the support that he needs with their pooling of money. Exactly. But if you're forced to pay 85% on all of them, you're going to lose money. There's no way to even... You're paying them at that point to have your insurance. I think this makes a good analogy of the situation. Imagine a bunch of guys at a big table or something having a gambling contest. They're betting on something. Yeah. And they each pitch in a dollar or whatever, you know, your unit of money is your euro or whatever. Mm -hmm. They each pitch in one. There's going to be one winner at the end, and he gets to cash in. He gets to get all the money. Well, that's one way you can play it. In that scenario, the dealer would keep a small fraction of it. Yeah. A couple dollars or whatever. If the rules were set so that the dealer had to make the big payout, but then on top of that, had to pay back all the money from the other bets. He's going to lose. He's actually going to operate at a loss. Yeah. There's no possible way he can continue his establishment. Yeah. The establishment has been trying to calm the public for a while, saying there's always going to be these private options. And the Obamacare socialized system will only be there for people who don't have another choice. But this will mean that there won't be any privatized mm -hmm. options. Now, this is a dirty trick. It's another attempt to bring socialism to the United States. This is more than just socialized medicine. Yeah. This is a way to socialize the United States. Everyone is forced to be a part of the system that's going to track them. Mm -hmm. It's going to track them. It's going to decide what kind of care they get. It's going to decide how much taxes they spend. It's going to literally decide whether they live and die and when. Recently, we've had a lot more truthers listen in. People who are not as engaged in health issues as our typical audience is. People who just want the truth and who are very skeptical about the official story. Well, all the official stories come from the media, but in particular, they tend to be very skeptical about the story of what happened to the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and that other plane that just sort of exploded, coincidentally, as if hit by a missile, as if one of the planes that were pursuing it, the fighter jets, had fired one. But of course, we know that didn't happen. Of course. Out of you new people, the truth or audience that we have, a lot of you are fans of Alex Jones. In fact, in the truther movement, he is probably the most prominent, popular personality of them all. It's really impressive. It's a little too impressive at times, and there's a few things that I just want to get off my mind, I want to express that I'm concerned about. Okay. Recently, I went to a site, and the site was talking about controlled opposition. It mentioned some of the signs to look for, and as I listened to them, I realized that this lady was right. She spoke with such wisdom and common sense that I knew immediately she had to be. As I listened, I couldn't help but think about Alex Jones and how he's changed over the years. I've been a fan of him for a long time. Sarah has, too. Yeah. Around the time my son was born, me and my wife often stayed up late at night listening to Alex over shortwave radio. Ten years ago, he didn't have that big of an internet presence, nothing like he has now. And most people did listen to him over shortwave. And he had a lot of good things to say. 
He moved me, he made me angry, and he spoke like a good Christian man with conviction. There was really nothing I could say about him that was bad. And I remember at that time, one of his favorite topics was the topic of the secret societies. He talked about the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, P2, the Jason Society, the Club of Rome, of course, the Masons and the Illuminati as well, the very top of the pyramid. Yeah. And he spelled it out. He called it like it was. He explained how these secret societies worked, or at least he did his best to, he seemed to. And there was essentially a period of years in which I stopped listening to him. And then I renewed listening to him again. And because of that big gap that was in there, I saw things that most people don't see. If the changes in someone are very gradual, like the hands of a clock, you don't notice the movement. Mm-hmm. But if you look away, stop listening, what have you, come back years later, you see all the changes, all the differences. You see them clearly. And the changes in Alex are changes I don't like that are very disturbing. The biggest change in him that I see as a warning sign is that he no longer spends any time discussing the secret societies. There's just this mysterious new world order out there made up of faceless, nameless people who nobody really knows who they are. And he talks about them. He doesn't talk about the Masons anymore, their secret rituals, or their secret oaths are, what their beliefs are. He doesn't go there. He doesn't do that about the Illuminati anymore. He just gets people worked up with hype and fear that something bad is going to happen, that we're going to have martial law. Mm -hmm. That's a bad sign. And when somebody reacts this way, it can only be for one reason. It's to incite people so that they can be labeled and identified. He's not giving them the target anymore, explaining how the target works. He's just making people angry, encouraging them to be afraid, encouraging them to stock up on guns, and at some point, try to engage in civil war. The trouble is, everybody who gets worked up by him, goes out and buys guns, contacts Alex Jones, gets on his forum, and all this other stuff, is immediately identified and recognized as the problem. And if he's really concerned about saving us from the evil people, he knows that the battle's not going to be won with guns. If we try to win it with guns, we'll either be dead or find ourselves in concentration camps. We can't win with guns. This is a psychological war, and it is a spiritual war. And if we go the path of violence and guns, we've lost before the first shot is fired. We've lost the moral ground. We've lost the very thing that makes us different. And better. That makes us better. One thing that I've found concerning about Alex over the past year or two is the fact that he seems to be the only one who's getting on the major networks. Yeah, that was coming, Sarah. You're right. And that's generally a really bad sign. If there's someone that's talking about and exposing the government and the secrets... And how crooked the establishment is. And how crooked the media is. And everyone knows that it's crooked. And suddenly all the media loves him and wants him on. I mean, he's on Fox News. You he's everywhere. get any more mainstream than that. And I'll tell you another bad sign, Sarah. Mm-hmm. He has these so-called money bomb contests. Yeah. That's where he has this really long audio show, sometimes lasting for a day or more. It's all about making donations. He does one and he gets like a million dollars. We're in the alternative media. That sort of thing doesn't happen without governmental funding. It's the same thing we saw when we were working over at AE911truth.org, or otherwise known as Architects and Engineers for 911 Truth. Yes, the mysterious donations. The mysterious donations that came in whenever they needed money to keep them alive. Yes. Alex now has almost unlimited funding. Alex is on all the media networks. Alex gets whatever he wants. He's able to contact anybody he wants. He has all the connections. So, how is it he's the rebel fighting the establishment? In fact, he is. How is it possible? Exactly. It's like he, he's become the establishment. That's what I was going to say, yeah. And he didn't become part of the establishment by adhering to the ideals that he supposedly espouses. That's not possible. Yeah. I wonder how much of an active role Alex has taken in this change that's happened in him and in the information that he produces. Is it really him, or is he just surrounded by spooks who are using him? Exactly. I'm inclined to think that perhaps it isn't really him so much as the fact that there are two major forces. One is the fact that Alex, I'm going to be honest here, likes to hear the sound of his own voice. Oh yes, Alex is in love with Alex. And the fact that he does have an ego, as a lot of radio personalities do, especially... putting it mildly. Yeah. It makes him easier to manipulate, simply through flattery. Mm, Stroking his ego. Yeah. I don't know if he's personally responsible, just how much he's really looking at the whole thing objectively. 
I mean, he does shows, I think, for like three or four hours a day, either five or six days a week. I'd like to believe what you're saying, Sarah. I'd like to believe he's just surrounded by spooks who are manipulating him. Mm-hmm. Often the problem with good people, you know, honorable, noble men of good conscience, is that because they're good, they project that they expect the same in others. So instead of being full of cynicism and expecting other people to be manipulative and so forth, by their own good nature, they assume the best in others. So often, your best people are your most naive people. Yeah. And that could be Alex's case. Combination of ego and naivety because he just expects the people surrounding him to be better people. To be like he is. But I can promise you, Sarah, he's got spooks on his staff. Yeah. There is no way his organization is clean that they haven't infiltrated. There is no way. And there's no way that money is coming from truthers. Let's face it. Your truthers aren't well off generally. Being a nonconformist, being someone who doesn't go along with the flow, means you don't have a lot of money. Your poor tend to be your better class of people. Yeah. He's not getting a million dollars from good, honest, truther people for doing a a one-day show. That's not happening. The money is coming from mysterious people who probably don't really exist. I'd also like to mention, if someone, for instance, knew tuned in to Alex Jones today without the background of hearing him, you know... Ten years ago, like when I first started, you mean? Yeah, exactly. And without hearing anybody else who has spoken in the same topics. Mm -hmm. And they hear about this New World Order, because he doesn't call it by any other name anymore of a secret society, and he doesn't talk about the religions, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Without that background of why these Why it's happening. Yeah, the whole story just doesn't make any sense. He just sounds like a nut. He does. What my concern is, is that whether he's actively, consciously involved, or he's just being played, either way, the net effect that Alex is producing now is he's getting people worked up, he's getting people scared, he's getting people thinking that we're going to have to violently take action, and the end consequence is that those people are going to lose. They're going to be rounded up, they're going to be killed, and they're going to be labeled as psychopaths and etc. We don't want that to happen. There's a lot at stake right now, and we don't want to lose. And that means we have to take the high road, and we can't be played ourselves. When it goes down, the government, or at least the elements of the government that want to stop people who are truthers, they're going to have all the tools they need, because we're going to be the crazy nuts screaming in the streets with guns, and they're going to have the media saying to everyone else, they're crazy, and everyone else is going to say, That's right. They are definitely crazy. Yeah, just look outside. Let's lock them away. Mm -hmm. Let's cooperate with the government to help apprehend them, whatever it takes. It's necessary for our safety. It's like, if you can't win on a moral level, then what have you won anyway? Yeah, what have you won? I mean, seriously, if you've just got a few rogue people out on the streets with guns, which is seemingly what some of these people are advocating, like Alex, then what exactly can they hope to accomplish if... Everybody else is still in their same stupor. What they'll accomplish is giving the media the ammunition it needs to convince everyone else that truthers are crazy. The only way to win this is on a moral and spiritual level. If we can get back to our spiritual roots, there's no way they can win. It's impossible. Our spiritual roots, if we can get back to them, if we can re, if America can find its faith, if all you other countries out there who were once great Christian nations can refine your faith. That faith in your nation, or in our nation, will work as an immune system, as it once did. It is the only weapon, the only effective weapon. Everything else can be used against us. And I think they're hoping for it. That's exactly what they're hoping for. They want the good people out there, the people who care about their countries, the Christians and so forth, They want them to get mad as hell. They want them to get crazy. They want them to get violent. Yeah. Then they win. Before we go, Sarah, I'd like you to know that you're more to me than just my token white girl for the show. That's good to know, Thomas. You're welcome. Sarah has a new pair of glasses. She looks like a librarian when she's wearing them. Thomas, I do not look like a librarian, Thomas. You do, with the glasses on. No, I don't. You do? I don't. Do? I've looked in the mirror, I do not look like a librarian. You know, librarians tend to be pretty women. 
No, they don't. Actually, they tend to be kind of... Well, you know, I guess there's a librarian listening. I'm not Have you not noticed that librarians tend to be very pretty ladies? No, I hadn't noticed. Yes, they are. Tend to be... They uh, are. In fact, I remember in my younger days, I had the librarian calendar. I'm going to hit you. I did. I had the librarian calendar. No, you didn't. Yeah. But uh, uh, but you didn't even have a calendar. Sir, the reason I don't have the calendar is because it's another year. I said... It was, it was an outdated year. I said, you've never had a calendar. I had the librarian calendar. No, you didn't. I did. You don't like calendars. You think they're stupid. I Not if they have librarians. No, you've never had a calendar out of it. That one I had. Nope, none. See? <laughs> I know by the way that you look at the one when we see them in the Walmart that you think that they're stupid. Yeah, but they don't sell librarian calendars. They sell pretty women calendars. But they're not librarians. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for a studious woman, I Sarah. always had a calendar before it's, I came here. You know, I'm one of those guys in the majority, I think, who just are excited by studious, well, well-researched women who, who have lots of brains and can <laughs> catalog things with the Dewey Decimal System. You're really funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, out there, if any of you are single, male, I'm between the ages you know what, of... Just stop. 18 and what, what's the cutoff? Uh, 30? 80. Sarah, Sarah is looking. Sarah is looking and she's a non smoker. This and isn't dr- funny. And drug free and um, in and that's shape. That's all you know. She's in shape. No, I'm not. She's concerned about health issues. She keeps herself healthy, um, fit, and um, her interests are reading, researching, <laughs> And looking like a librarian. You make me sound so exciting. She. Well, we'll have a very quiet twenty years together. Maybe there'll be a guy out there that was like me, that was like, you know, cuckoo for librarian type chicks. And as we're sitting around at night together, the most common thing you'll hear from me is shh. Yes, that's the one thing. Sarah will make you be quiet. So, you know, we've got a contact form. Let us know if. uh, we shouldn't do this, because already get mes- I already get messages like this. I haven't in a while, but... It's yeah. funny, though, isn't it? I find it funny. I don't find it funny. Usually, it's somebody named Bella Akhead or something from um, God Forsakistan, and uh, mm-hmm. he's like, you pretty white girl with pretty blonde hair. Yeah, I think they go for blondes. Yes. I teach you about the Koran, and uh, for some reason... None of those have worked out for Sarah. Uh, you know, go figure, huh? <laughs> I love, I love white American chicks who. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> oh, don't forget the eye model, the one from prison. Stop it now. What was funny was this dude was a black dude, and he was bragging that he had pretty brown eyes. And we were like, we would have never guessed that his eyes were brown, you know? It was like... It was a handwritten letter. It was a handwritten letter. Well, of course, they don't They don't have the internet in prison in most places. They had typewriters. Okay, anyway. Um, well, he, ha- he did have pretty eyes. I, I thought they were awesome. He never sent a picture. Yes, but being the researching librarian type that you are, you tracked him down, didn't you, Sarah, and found a picture. Yes, you did. I remember. Okay, anyway. It's like... I was curious. Yeah. I wasn't interested. I was curious. Yeah. I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but if you contact us, Sarah will know everything about you. And (laughs) will probably tell me all about you. That's not true. She may know more about you. But if you send me a handwritten letter, I might look you up. (laughs) if If you contact us, we'll know more about you than you do. It's just if you write to me with a handwritten letter from prison... I'm likely to look you up and find out what your conviction was. That's it. <laughs> Sarah. It's not asking a whole lot. <laughs> I think they have a job for you at the FBI, Sarah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really do. Uh, well, that's why she's good at this health stuff. I mean, she could just pour through the research and just find out whatever we need to know. It's just really amazing how studious and librarian-like yeah. <laughs> you are, Sarah. Anyway. Thanks, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I guess we should try to wrap up, Sarah. What do you think? Sure. All right. I'm going to sit back and do nothing. I'm sure. You're good at that. As well. Just uh, talk softly as if we're in the library, Sarah. Anyway. Shh. Don't shh me. Shh. Anyway. 
you liked the show, and we both hope that you did, you can find more shows on our audio archive. You can visit our website. It's healthwise.org. Remember that wise is spelled W-Y-Z-E, which is to put emphasis on the wisdom. So again, that's healthwyze.org. On our top menu, there's a link to the audio archive, and then you'll find all of our shows that you can listen to from start to finish. We have a lot of them. You can also visit our online store or donate. We certainly appreciate it whenever you can. And there are ways that you can support us without giving us any money. You can tell your friends and family about us. We don't have a marketing staff. We really do rely on you to spread the word. You can list us in your email signature so that there's a link to us on every email that you send. You can link to us on your website or your blog. Uh, You can sign up to our mailing list and you can start discussions there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can help out. You can also sign up for a mailing list to be updated with new material and new shows. We send out an email whenever we put out an article or we publish a new show. So if you want to be updated, that's a good way to get updated. Also, if anybody needs us, if you need to speak to us about any health issue or anything else, you can always go to the Contact Us page on our website, and you can send us an email or you can call us. We do actually answer the phone. People are really shocked when they find out that we do, but we are actually here. We're human. Yes, and if you're a young man who's looking, contact Sarah with the subject um, Ignore SWF. Him. Ignore him. And Sarah will definitely give attention to your message. No. I'll create a spam filter. Especially if your name starts with Abdur, Adula, Raul, or let me think, what else? Mohammed. Mohammed. Okay, yes. anyway. Guess that was it. Toodaloo. Bye.